Just in case you didn't know, I have two podcasts. One is called Love and Abuse, and I tell you how to navigate the difficult relationship. That's over at loveandabuse.com. And the other is this one, The Overwhelmed Brain. Going strong for 10 years now, this one is about navigating the difficulties of life in general. I hope you get a ton of value from both of them. Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I gotta say it. (laughs) I am supposed to say that every time because I really do want you to find the right help for you. I might not be that guy. I might have information that is helpful or I might not, but that's up to you to decide. That's up to you to figure out what you need to do with your life, and hopefully I can help you get there. I'm hoping that you've listened to this show before, but if you haven't, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you are here. And if you are a regular listener or you're just starting to listen regularly, I am also glad you're here. And uh, if you've been listening a long time, like 10 years, November 13, 2023, is 10 years for the overwhelmed brain. Just a personal triumph. (laughs) I'm just sharing that because, uh, one, it's the longest job I've ever had. Not that I call it a job, but I'm kind of a four-year guy. I will do a job for four years, I'll get burnt out, and then I'll move on to the next one. That's been my life. That has been my life for my entire life. That has been how I've operated. Most of it was because I was a people pleaser. And what that means is, or at least that was one of my dysfunctions, I was a people pleaser and uh, I never spoke up for myself. I never shared what was truly on my mind because I didn't want to upset anyone, or at least that was my perception of what would happen, is that I would upset someone if I spoke up and shared what I wanted. If I didn't have enough resources at work, I didn't want to upset anyone. I didn't want anybody to be mad at me. I didn't want anybody to think I was a bad guy, so I wouldn't speak up. And when you don't speak up for yourself, you get burnt out. Well, at least I did, and a lot of people will get burnt out. You might have gotten burnt out in the past when you felt like you couldn't speak up for yourself. I had to learn how to speak up for myself. I've told this story before, but... I was at a job once. I had a career, uh, no, sort of a career. I guess everything I've been doing is a job, not a career (laughs) up to this point. And uh, I was at a job once where we were all gathered around and the boss was walking around trying to make us feel intimidated. I think that's what he was attempting to do, trying to intimidate us. What are you going to do for sales? What are you going to do for this company? And... We all had this tension, at least I'm speaking for all of us. We all had this tension inside of us and thinking, wow, this guy's kind of being a jerk. He's not normally a jerk, but why is he being a jerk now? And so when he got to me, I said, this is what I'm going to do for the company. And then when he asked, why are you going to do that? I said, "Uh, so you'll stop yelling at us. (laughs) You could cut the silence with a knife. But... It was the very first time that I stood up for myself. I honored myself. I felt something and wanted to say something 
And damn it, I said it. I didn't care if I got fired. I mean, I did, but my integrity was more important. My character was more important. I made myself more important than someone else, probably for the very first time, at least in this environment. I made my, I mean, my relationships, different story. I have many dysfunctions there, or at least I did. <laughs> I was a very toxic person back then. I had to learn a lot. But in a work environment where I was always people-pleasing, I decided to stand up for myself because I chose to step into my worth. I chose to accept that I was worthy and that I did not deserve disrespect. I chose it, and I felt it, and... I knew that I could get fired if I said something, but it didn't matter because my integrity was more important. My character, my um, me as a person, the deepest core of who I am was more important than anything else that was going on or was going to happen in that moment. And I felt disrespected. I also felt a little like I was standing up for the rest of the crew because they weren't saying anything. They were just going along with it. So I said that. And, uh, well, what did I say? I said, uh, so you'll stop yelling at us? <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, you think I'm yelling at you? And then he moved on. So clearly he knew how to handle objection. He knew how to handle someone defying him or whatever. And he moved on. He didn't make a, an issue of it. But when the meeting was over, <laughs> my supervisor comes to me and he says, you know you probably should have said something else. You probably could have handled that differently. And I said, yeah, I know, you're right. And I kind of fell back into my old people-pleasing ways instead of saying, no, <laughs> he deserved it. He was being a jerk. But I didn't say that. But at the same time, I was still so damn proud of myself because it felt good to be my own hero. It felt good to stand up for myself. It felt so good. It, it filled me up. And um, somebody, or at least a couple of my coworkers, came up to me later, later in the day. And I remember one of them so clearly. I can picture this in my mind so clearly because it made such an impact on me. She said, I'm so glad you said something. We were all thinking the same thing, and I'm so glad you said that. And I felt like more of a hero, and it just felt amazing to be myself, to be authentic, to express what was really on my mind, and to not take that kind of crap. I like to be treated as an equal. And even though I work for you, I didn't feel it was fair to humiliate or shame anyone in front of everyone. And that's what happened, is that he, he was shaming or humiliating or embarrassing. He was doing it in a bad way. Whatever he was trying to accomplish, he was doing it in a bad way. And I'm not trying to knock him down a peg or anything. I'm just saying that his moment of upset, it could have been handled differently. And um, amazingly enough, I did not get fired. And the issue never came up again. And life went on. And I ended up working there for like a, a year and a half. And then later on, the business shut down. And I wasn't a part of what was going on. There were some shenanigans going on, and thankfully I got out of it before that happened. That's a another story for another day. But I am so grateful to be out of that. And 
it taught me a lot standing up for myself in that situation. I mean, there was one other time before that that I stood up for myself. And it wasn't it wasn't really standing up for me. It was just standing up for a coworker. And that felt good too. But this was truly about me. This this felt so personal. And um, when you do that, when you stand up for yourself, when you share what's on your mind with somebody because you feel disrespected or you feel like you're being mistreated, it feels so good to actually speak what you're thinking. I'm not saying it's always the best choice. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should always speak what you're thinking because Sometimes it's a little too dangerous to do that, or sometimes you're not prepared for the consequences of doing that. I chose to be prepared for the consequences. I chose to accept that I could get fired, I could get yelled at, I could be further humiliated or shamed or whatever he was trying to accomplish. I could have experienced some sort of pain or suffering or consequence that uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have liked at all. But it didn't matter because I made my character, my integrity, the most important thing in that moment. And um, that really changed my life. It pivoted my perception. It pivoted my confidence. It helped me understand that I was worthy of standing up for, of fighting for. In that moment, I showed myself just how important and worthy I was, even if no one else felt that way. When you can do that, when you can show yourself how worthy you are to others that may not know or may not believe how worthy you are, you become worthy. You become more confident in yourself. You build an inner strength that you can take with you. And I do. I speak from experience. This is exactly what happened to me. And I was scared as hell before that. I would not say anything like that before that moment. And I don't know what clicked. I think, you know, you get to that threshold, you get to that breaking point where you feel like I've had enough. Enough is enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. And I was just taking it very personally what he was doing. And I think it helped, at least it helped me gain the strength and the confidence to say something. I think it helped because he was trying to shame everyone else that I cared about in this group. And that really, really hit me. So not only was it for me, it was for them too, but when I did it, it was all about me. So I don't know if I said that right, but it, it, it turned out that doing it for me was, um, it, it had that ripple effect. It had that ripple effect for everyone else as well. They felt like somebody stood up for them, even though I was standing up for myself. You know how it goes. Somebody speaks up and says exactly what you feel. And you're thinking, thank God that person said what I'm feeling. I'm so glad that person said what I'm feeling. So I'm not saying that I spoke for everyone, but I think a lot of people felt that way. But that, again, changed my life. It changed the direction of my life. It was also the beginning of stopping my people-pleasing ways. Like I would then from that point on be okay with standing up knowing that there could be consequences. I would be okay expressing what I wanted or expressing what I was thinking and be okay with the consequences. And that really helped. It really helped in another career or again, job that I went into. It helped on my own path to what I've built here. The overwhelmed brain, love and abuse, 
uh, the Healed Being program, all this stuff that I do over here is all part of that one moment where I really felt like I should stand up for myself and prove my worth, prove that I was worthy, prove that I deserve respect and kindness at a minimum. And that uh, changed things. So what ends up happening when you do that is that you allow less and less toxicity in your life. You choose to filter out the people that don't belong in your life. Or you tell them what they're doing to change their behaviors or they won't be in your life. Maybe you'll leave the situation or the relationship. And if you've never been that way for yourself, that's what changes your life is taking risks that have possible consequences, but they are from your authentic self. They are authentic expressions of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and you do so because you know you have a right to feel that way and think that way. You know that deep down inside, your voice is just as important as anyone else's, and if not, sometimes more. Sometimes you have to make your voice more important than somebody else's because you know you're in the right. That doesn't mean you are purposely trying to argue with somebody, but if you are feeling like you are getting the proverbial beat down or somebody is toxic in your life and they won't stop, sometimes it's necessary to show them that you're worthy of better behavior, that you are worth treating with respect and kindness. And as I always say on my other podcast, love and abuse, uh, always pick your battles wisely. Because some people aren't worth getting into a battle with and sometimes they're dangerous and sometimes they are just a big waste of your time. <laughs> sometimes they will not get it. They won't uh, care. They won't care how you feel and they want what they want regardless of how you feel about it. So they'll just do whatever they want. And when you have somebody like that and you have tried to talk with them, you've tried to reason with them, then it might be time to at least accept that they will not reason. It might be time to accept that they are not reasonable people and they may never treat you with respect and kindness. So sometimes you just have to understand that's who they are and move on with your life. And if you have to live with them or if you have to be around them, you might have to develop a different way to communicate with them or find ways to just avoid them. That's tough. But again, I talk about that over in Love and Abuse. If you have a difficult relationship, that's something to consider, is that sometimes you are stuck in a situation that you can't change yet. But there is a yet. Always put that yet on the end of things, just in case you think you're stuck, and you think there's no choice but to stay in this situation for the rest of your life. You have to have that yet. Keep that yet handy. Because if it feels like it will never change, just say it hasn't changed yet, but it will. I'm not saying you have to put the but it will on, but <laughs> that's a little extra cherry on top. So that's just a little story I wanted to start the show with, uh, mainly because I'm going to read you this question that was in the Facebook group over at the Overall Brain Empowerment Group. And uh, it has to do with, I don't know if they're toxic, but they're just not very friendly people to this person. <laughs> this person wrote, I reach out to my husband's family, his mom and sisters, every holiday to wish them well, 
but if I don't initiate contact, they don't either. They've always been cold toward me, and my husband claims the reason is because they are just not talkative people, and that if I want a relationship, I can try more to connect with them. I've never got warm vibes from them, but I'd like to have a cordial relationship for the sake of my marriage, and so my husband sees I'm trying. But for how long should I continue to initiate niceties? It's been 11 years, and I feel like I'm always the bigger person around them. I don't want to diminish my own values and what I believe is right, but I also feel a bit foolish for continuing to try to build some type of rapport with them. Well, thank you for sharing that in the group. There's a few people that actually answered that. In fact, um, one person wrote, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but that's because I'm reminded of my former in-laws and how my ex handled situations like these. I bent over backwards to be kind to them, even when they were toxic, for my husband's sake. But he never did anything to defend me or protect me. If I could do it all over again, I'd have left it to my husband to make nice and just been respectful when in contact. In this particular situation, how about mailing a little note or card for the holidays and expecting nothing in return? That way you can feel like you've done what you say is valuable to you and then forget about it. Or if your husband doesn't care about the situation, don't do anything at all. Their approval doesn't mean anything. She said, it took me 22 years to realize that. You have learned a lot. That person who answered, you have learned a lot because you pretty much answered the way I answer. That would be exactly, or at least mostly, what I would say. Because I agree. I think when you have a partner and their family, your partner deals with their family when the family doesn't want to deal with you. So if your partner had a family that didn't like you, your partner needs to be the intermediary, in my opinion. I think your partner needs to say, hey, why don't you like her or him or whatever? Why don't you like that person? Why don't you like my spouse? And have that conversation. The way I look at things is, what would I do if I were in your shoes? So my fiance has her dad and her mom and her stepmom and uh, her brother and all these people in her life. And if they didn't like me or if any one of them didn't like me, I would expect my partner to say, why don't you like him? <laughs> What's going on? I would expect her to ask those things. And if she came home one day and said, oh, I just talked to my dad. He doesn't like you at all. I'd want to know why. Why doesn't he like me? I want to know. And I might even actually have a conversation with him. I might not call him, but I would certainly next time I go up, just get to know him and find out what he's looking for from me. What does he want? I'm sort of more direct than most people. I, I'd want to know. But at the same time, if they really didn't like me and I've tried and I've tried just like this person has, I'd probably just let them go. But I would expect my partner to be okay with it and not say, hey, why don't you just try calling my parents? Why don't you just try calling my brother? Why don't you just try calling these people and trying to get to know them better? I wouldn't expect her to say that. I would expect her to talk to them and find out what's going on. Because her family is, in my opinion, either going to accept her and her partner or not. Now, they may say, I don't like your partner and that's fine. It's going to happen. But I would expect that my partner would say, hey, we're a package. We are a package deal. That doesn't mean that I never want her to talk to her family again. It just means that I think she would try to clear things up. I don't think she would expect me to 
try to clear things up with them when it's her family that has a problem with me. And yes, I understand that it's important that as people we try to get along and we try to connect, but if you've done your part, if you've tried to connect and they don't want to connect or they have a problem with you for some reason, then that kind of needs to be handled through your partner. So if that partner leaves it up to you to talk to their family, that uh, rubs me the wrong way. If my fiance said, you need to talk to my dad because you guys don't get along and I want you to get along, I'd say, okay, next time we're up there, I will. (laughs) But I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to try to patch things up because I'm always initiating contact and he never wants to talk to me doesn't like me, whatever. So I agree with the reply where she said I'd left it to my husband to make nice and just be respectful when I'm in contact with them. And then she said also, how about mailing a little note or a card for the holidays and expecting nothing in return? I love that. I love that comment because what you're doing is saying, I'm nice and you can choose to connect with me or not, but I'm going to do what's important to me and I'm trying to continue to show you that I would like to get along and I would like to have some sort of connection to you. If you don't want to connect with me, that's fine too, but here's a nice little card. You're taking the higher road. So you can continue doing that and they can continue ignoring you for the rest of your lives together and that would kind of suck, but you're doing your part and if they eventually want to jump on board, they will, but if they don't, That's certainly their choice. And yes, they have a right not to like you. They have a right to be not okay with the person that their own family member, their son, their brother chose for his partner. That doesn't mean you're a problem. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means they probably expected something completely different from him. And I do wonder how he talks about you when they're alone. I'm not trying to push him under the bus or anything, but how does he talk about you? Does he talk highly of you when they're together? Or does he say, oh, she's complaining again. Oh, she never cleans the house. Or she comes home from work and she just gives me a hard time because she had a bad day. (laughs) If he's doing that, then they have a negative perception of you through him. I would be very interested to find out what he says about you when you're not around. Maybe you don't want to find out. Maybe he is complaining because they're family and they share things. But I would expect when you're in a good relationship with a good person, that person is going to speak highly of you to their family, even if you have your problems. So when my partner talks to her family, Yeah, sure, she can complain about me, but I'm hoping that 98% of the conversation is the fun stuff we do together, what we did yesterday, what we're going to do. I'm hoping she's talking about us as a couple because we're a complete package and we're going to be a package for a long time. So I'm hoping that her conversations with them are positive and everything I've heard, yes, it's positive. And I love actually hearing her talk about me on the phone. It makes me feel so good to hear how proud she is of me and she just talks me up and how we have fun together. So I imagine that's how she talks when I'm not listening too. So this is my question to you, the person who wrote, how does he talk about you to your family? Because what if he talked highly about you? 
And the family is like, ah, well, yeah, I I really don't want to talk about her anymore. Would he say anything? Would he say, why not? Do you have a problem with my wife? What's going on? What kind of person is he? Is he the kind of person that's going to stand up and speak up? Is he going to express himself and say, you know, I'm very proud of what my wife does and what she accomplished. And I'm so happy to be in a relationship with her. I love her. Does he talk like that? So that would be my only other thought on this is that if he is not speaking highly of you to his own family, then their perception of you is coming through him. And if that's the case, they may not have a good perception of you if he's saying things that aren't very flattering. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully, I shouldn't say this, but not hopefully. (laughs) Maybe they're just different people that expected something else. Maybe they just did not expect you even in all your wonderfulness, because they wanted something else for him. When you don't meet someone else's expectations, you really can't satisfy them, can't do anything. But I really do expect your husband to be more of the intermediary and ask the questions like, why don't you like so-and-so? Or why don't you talk to so-and-so? What's going on? And if your husband's not that type of person to face family like that, that is something you might have to accept. I look at uh, relationships as the full package. So their family may not be accepting the full package where he comes with you. We are a couple. We are together. They may not accept that. So your dilemma is can you accept the full package with him? Because his full package is him and his family. He comes with his family. His family may not like you. And if you can be okay with that because you have a great relationship, then... You'll just have to deal with having him in your life, which is wonderful, but having them in your life too, but just ignoring who they are or just not trying to stir the pot or anything because you're accepting the full package as well. So there are my thoughts. I want to thank the person who wrote that. I want to thank the people who commented on that in the Facebook group. If you're interested in joining, head over to the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group. I answer a lot of questions out of there on the show, at least I have been lately, and I chime in every now and then, and of course I create episodes like this, and we talk about this stuff, so great question, so glad you asked, and thank you again, and also, thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. If you didn't get a chance, by the way, I created a bonus episode today called Time to Sleep. People have been begging me. I'm kidding. They've been asking me for a sleep episode because they listen to this show to go to sleep. So I created one. It was like uh, 25, 30 minutes long. And it is supposed to help you go to sleep. I hope it does. If you are the type of person that listens to a podcast to fall asleep or my voice or something like that. But I hope that it helps you if you are trying to get some sleep. And uh, I just wanted to let you know about it because when you pull up your player and play an episode today, either that one or this one's going to play first and you're going to think, where's the regular show? Well, that's the bonus show. Check that out if you want to check that out. Otherwise, uh, that's a separate episode, so you can choose to listen to it or not. Hope you get a chance to listen to it and try it out. Give me some feedback. (laughs) Let me know if you fell right asleep or if it didn't do anything at all. 
Thanks again for listening. And I want to thank the patrons this week, Brian and Paige and Mary and Stephen. Thank you so much, patrons. I appreciate your financial support. They found value in the show and they decided to give back because they could. And if you're in that same position and you want to give back because you find value, head over to moretob.com and you have options to do that over there. Thank you again, patrons. I appreciate all of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, again, head over to loveandabuse.com. That's where I talk about that and uh, control and manipulation and emotional abuse. All of that is covered in that show over there. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com and I have a comprehensive program on how to heal from being the hurtful, manipulative, controlling, emotionally abusive person. That's over at healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And for my final thoughts, I'm just going to um, sit here a moment <laughs> and think, what do I want to say? I usually say something about the subject matter that we just talked about. And it is interesting when family doesn't like you. I, I don't think I've ever had, this is going to sound so egotistical and pretentious. I don't think I've ever had family not like me. And that is because I've been a people pleaser. Now, not all families uh, appreciate that. Like you could be the biggest people pleaser and try to please everyone under the sun, but some people don't like that. A lot of people don't like that actually. But uh, some families, if you are with somebody who has a family that doesn't like you, it's not always because of your personality. It's not always because of something you did or something you said. Sometimes that's just who they are. They may not like a lot of people. They may not like somebody who has a strong head on their shoulders. They may not like someone who's independent or has their own thoughts. Sometimes they are dysfunctional. Sometimes they're toxic. So the way they see you is just through this toxic lens. So you can't always look at yourself and say, well, what, am, what can I do differently? What have I done wrong? Sometimes people just have a problem with other people. And sometimes people have a problem with healthy people. Sometimes there is the thought that uh, this person is very strong-willed. This person seems to be very smart. And that's intimidating to me or threatening to me. So I don't or I can't like them. That can happen and we can't please everyone. So I go right back to the beginning of this episode and just tell you to be yourself. This is who I am. And what ends up happening is you find out who really is on your side when you're yourself. This is a little bit more challenging in relationships and you got to get along with everyone and your partner's family or whatever. But showing up as yourself, you get to weed out those who want you to be yourself. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If somebody doesn't want you to be yourself and they want you to show up in a way that they want you to show up, you'll find out because they either won't talk to you or they'll be really hard to get along with. And if that person is manipulative or controlling and you're not showing up the way they want, they make your life miserable. But if they're not manipulative and controlling and they just don't like you, there are a number of reasons that that could happen. And unless you have conversations with them, you'll never know. But in the case that we talked about today, I do think your partner should probably talk about you in a good way. And then when they say something negative about you, he can ask why, why are you saying that? What's the problem? And he can figure it out. 
So that's how I see things. I hope, again, this helps. I appreciate you tuning in. Check out the bonus sleep episode, and uh, if it works for you, let me know, and I'll create another one sometime in the future. With that, always keep your mind open and step into your power, and also be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Thank you.